Hello, I'm Robin Gallagher and welcome to Ripples. Throughout our program, a series of guest speakers will share words of wisdom from their life experience and we will offer you a series of meditations so that you can take some time just to stop and listen to that voice within, that voice of the Spirit. So come and enjoy some inspired voices and treasured stillness and allow the ripple effect to begin. I'm thrilled to welcome Kylie Harris back to the program today. In this week's episode, Kylie continues to share the extraordinary story of Midnight Feast, theatre that unites. Over the past 10 years, Kylie has been working in the performing arts, making theatre with people with significant disabilities. She is currently the founder and artistic director of Midnight Feast, the first theatre company in residence at NIDA. In this episode, we hear about the evolution of performances at the Opera House and the life-changing impact of this theatre company on the actors, the families and on Kylie's own life. Kylie expresses that this theatre company brings life to all, which is the deepest desire that God has for each one of us. Through sharing the story of this theatre company, Kylie encourages us to become more aware of those in our communities who are not present in different forums by asking the question, who's not there? And through this awareness and action, we can move towards greater inclusion. This is an inspiring story of a theatre company that is on the wave of great change. Kylie, you've shared a bit about some of the performances and I've seen over the years the way your shows and performances have evolved mm. and um, new stories have been brought in. I wonder if you could share a bit about those performances and about that evolution. So I think it was what I... The, so the journey has been, and it has been a journey of discovery the whole time, which that is the, that is what I love about the work is because it's it's constantly growing and as we learn as an ensemble uh, we we grow and we transform and so at the beginning the work was very much about we made history because people that were living with physical disabilities and needing such high support hadn't been exhibited this way so it was about that it was about breaking that ground making history, which again was shocking at such a late stage to be making history then. That was shocking to me, exciting and thrilling, but shocking. Mm. And that really impacted me, the shock, that it was so late for that to be occurring. And so I realised our work was the perfect opportunity to invite people to come and sit in the dark and become familiar with what was unfamiliar. And so the work was about telling the stories of lived experience and as the transformation evolved it became less about the disability it's just about work as it's about working with an artist and telling stories and so that's the journey for us as a company we went from being that the focus to that is no longer the focus. So sort of from, from personal story and, and their own stories to, mm. to, to something else. Well, to telling stories, yes. just, to, just to making theatre. Yes. Just to making theatre that is absurd and confronting and shocking and political and 
wonderful and fabulous to being storytellers. As theatre is all those things. As theatre is all those things. So it became not about, as I said, we were not going to be called I Have a Disability Theatre. That's why it was Midnight Feast. But also the stories that we choose to tell, they are stories that are important Mm -hmm. and we are playing so there will we will we will come back to personal stories mm. and we will continue to tell stories that are other people's stories um i mean the show that we're working on the latest piece which is an incredible piece called the bluebird which is a maurice maeterlinck story that dr stephen saw has adapted for midnight feast is a story that talks about human trafficking and the plight of people that are born into a place where they do not belong and that is an incredible, incredible opportunity for people who have been so locked away and institutionalised to be here on a stage telling a story of people that have been outcast in a different way, mm. telling yeah. the story of the other. And that's a beautiful thing. So, again, it's about... It's profound, Kylie. Yeah, it's, it's about our humanity. We are all... We are all born and we are all born with worth and because we are born we have worth and because we are born we are deserving and it's, it's, it's um, really what I've learnt. It's about equitable access. I learned the difference between equality and equity and it's quite significant. It is about equitable access. When you have not been given enough to be able to start at the beginning line equally that is injustice and that is what we all need to do is to look around at the start line and notice who's not there, who's not there mm. and then do what we need to do to enable them to be there. What an important question, Kylie, who's, who's not there. Yes. So I would think that is, that is really what I feel. So I've gone from being an artist who makes work to also seeing how the work that we create with Midnight Feast is activism because our activism is by showing up, by turning up to the venue and then negotiating all the, the, the things that need to be amended just so that my artists can enter the room and get onto the stage. Mm. That is an act of activism. Yes, it is, most certainly. So, um, but I'm also very mindful at the very beginning, and this is where the generosity comes from the artists that I work with, they have never been hateful or angry and the stories weren't about the stories of their lives and showing people the way that they exclude. It wasn't to say you're bad, you're evil. It was to say notice, yeah. see. Just see. See it. And then once you become aware, you can make a choice. Mm. You've got a choice mm. because you're aware. But if you don't know no. that you're prejudiced, you, you don't mean to be no. because you just didn't realise. Mm. So that's why it was called Can You See Me at the beginning? Mm. But then we transformed into Midnight Feast because it was less about that. Yes. We, we just make work. Mm. Carly, I, I've been to many of your performances and after each performance... I've just been taken back by the response of both the cast and the crew and the way in which also their families have been impacted by these performances. I wonder if you could share a bit about what have you what changes have you witnessed in the lives of the actors involved in your productions? In the first performance in actual fact of Circumspecto, one of um, the artists' mother came up to me 
and said to me, I've never seen, and I, w I won't use it now, I've never seen my son move like that. When I saw him come out, oh, Kylie, I felt sick. I wasn't sure he was going to be able to do it because there was choreography to follow. Mm. He nailed it. And she'd never seen her son who was in his 30s nail it. That was when I realised the transformative power of showing how able these people are. I had physiotherapists coming up to me saying they'd never seen their client work, move their body in such a way. And I realised having been, um, having grown up with a little brother who was born with three holes in his heart and, you know, having, having been around somebody who was fragile physically made me aware of the therapy that's involved with somebody who has medical challenges. And so one of the things that I realised was, you know, if you have to go to speech therapy, why not go to a voice class? Yes. If you have to do physiotherapy, why not do it in movement yeah. class? And I have always been... A, a different purpose for uh -huh. Make it practice. fun. Yeah. If you have to do it for all your life, make it fun. Yeah. And I've always, I've always loved performing artists. I just think they're the most wonderful people mm. and they are all so open-hearted. Mm. And I remember um, my big brother, my big sister, Paul and Jane, when I was little, um, there was a man who had been, had an accident. Oh, Kylie, I remember this. And I remember when Jane and Paul were involved in supporting the actor, John Blake, when he became a quadriplegic. Oh, his family did extraordinary things to help John live as well as possible. Really extraordinary family. Oh, but please go on. They would go to his place and help him with his personal care. And I remember my sister Jane telling me that he had been an actor and he'd been injured. And this amazing man now was living a very different life. And it deeply impacted me. And there was lots of formative moments in my life that deeply impacted me. And also, I think it was the same thing when, so when Andrew, my little brother, would have, I didn't know it at the time because I was young, and he lived till he was five and passed when I was 12. So when he would have uh, major surgeries, we would be invited in if he might not have lived. And when we went, I was always struck by the, this palp palpable magic surrounding these little human beings that were so delicate and that in actual fact was the imprinting of the the understanding that life is sacred mm. and worth saving mm. and looking at those incredible doctors and nurses and all of the equipment around these fragile beings and so the people that I've worked with especially in my early work were people that could have been in the room at the same time with my brother, but that was deeply um, impacting. Kylie, they're defining moments, aren't they? The impact of Midnight Feast is evidently so big and so wide. Kylie, what changes have you witnessed in the lives of your actors that you've worked with? They've gone from being people to being professional artists who are paid for their work. They've gone from the back hall to performing on a world stage and being recognised 
nationally and internationally for the work that they've created. And they've now uh, training in our country's most prestigious drama institution. That, that transformation over the years... There's been so many things. I mean, it's, 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 it's it must. I mean, it must impact their whole sense. You know, the human spirit is is touched, and and their sense of self. And I can only imagine that their the sense of impact self is is huge. They profound. are so proud. Yeah. And then their families can be so proud because and these, rightly so. They're rightly so. And these people require. They have a, a support system around each. Each one of my stars has a support system around support network and it impacts their whole life and it impacts it shows what is possible so the thing is that if somebody has a little one and is looking at well how will my child ever fit into this world well we 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 show you mm. there's a place yes. where your child will not only be celebrated if they choose to be a performer they'll be celebrated and they will be awarded and there is a glorious life yes. that awaits and what I've also noticed is the wave we've been on the wave of change and we've impacted significant spaces and places and we have taken position in, a, in an industry that already existed but just didn't have all the voices mm. representing all the groups of people. So that's, that's the transformation. But, the, but I've witnessed actors who couldn't raise their head becoming people that can not only raise their head but stand on stage in all their glory and speak their lines. I've, I've met people who couldn't talk when I first met them and they've been able to uh, grow their confidence and their self-esteem through the art of play. And, again, it's, it's been a, what, I, what I've understood, it's a combination of therapy and what they require for their physical development and also their creative stimulation. So the work that we're developing now and where the work is now and what I'm interested in as, as the artistic director is how we combine the medical needs and the therapeutic needs and matching that with the highest level of artistic integrity. And that's, that's where the training is really important. If we say we want to have stories that, that are authentic and come from the voice of people with lived experiences, well, we need to offer opportunities for these people to have professional-level training, and that's what Midnight Feast actually does. It's mm -hmm. a, it's a theatre company that offers professional-level training across all stages of creative development and also uh, significant professional opportunities so that the, these artists can be showcased. So it really encompasses the whole spectrum, which is also why it's a feast. Mm, yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Kylie, I've also witnessed the way you relate to your cast and crew. You treat everyone you encounter with a deep respect and dignity. And, and you seem to have this amazing way of seeing this desire for creativity in others and then offering a pathway for this to be fully realised. What impact has this experience had on you and, and your life? You know, I mean, spiritually, emotionally, what, what, what impact has it had on you? I, I mean, I can see it's been you know, profound and immense, but can you tell us something of that? It has given me something to get out of bed in the morning for and something to live for and something to use all my rebellious, <laughs> out-of-the-box spirit 
it has given me a drive, something to something to strive for. Midnight Feast was born at a time, a very painful time. Um, it was the time that my beautiful sister Jane was losing a long battle with melanoma, and I was able to throw myself into this work, and this work. I was able to get up and pull my bed sheets up because of this work. And knowing these people has given me the courage to keep going when I felt like I couldn't. So very honestly, the work is a soul, it's a soul story of mine. I, I as I said, my, and also my mum used to have a daycare centre when I was growing up. It was in the home and she would take all sorts of people. She had people that had disabilities. And I've always been around like a lot of people being the middle of nine children, being growing up in a in a church community that was a very uh, warm, uh, vibrant community. So I've always been community orientated. Quite honestly, this work has given me so much joy. A couple of years ago, I was thinking to myself, I was walking and I thought, do you, have any, do you actually have any friends? Like, do you actually have a social life? Because what was happening is every Thursday my rehearsals are so incredible and they are filled with the most absurd, wondrous divine expression of free and liberated creativity and you don't get that yeah you don't get that at someone's cocktail party so I just realized that I have been gifted this extraordinarily extraordinarily ability to communicate with people that don't communicate in a way that traditionally we communicate and I understand a language that is unseen and unspoken and I think I've been blessed to be born with a sensitivity that allows me to feel feel people and feel into what's required of a situation and that's the stories that I tell and that's what we do with our work is I can feel into my artist and I know my artist and the process of knowing my artist is to know who they are and how they work and what they need and what support they need to be able to shine in any situation and the ability to grow into the 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 person the artist who can facilitate such a thing is my greatest gift mm-hmm. to me yes it's symbiotic yes and carly i often find there's a sense that you know you're in the right place when there is that sense of mutuality. You know, when you recognise in yourself this is bringing me life, it's bringing them life. We're both, we're both bringing each other life in this encounter, this experience. And that, I mean, that's what I hear and see it what you do. It brings life it's, everywhere. You know, for, for you, for the actors, for the audience, there is such life. It's transformed the community mm, at NIDA. I'd believe that. And it's just, there is such an incredible celebration of joy. And again, it is it has been born out of my understanding of that sacred, majestic, palpable aura that I felt when I would visit Andrew. Mm. That is what we do. That is, that is the space. That is the magic. I call it magic. Mm. 
And it is magic. Mm. It is actually magic and it is transformative. It is, it's palpable and no one can deny it. We, we as an ensemble, when we meet, we just are celebrating love mm. and self-expression and we just so happen to be working with the most exceptional creative artists so our boundaries are clear. It's, it's the most beautiful combination of just incredible creative artists meeting incredibly present people with an, an open heart, just willing to give everything that they've got. And I think as, as an audience member, you know, I can see, you see that. You see the beauty of, of that encounter. You see the transformation. It's true. You, know, you, you can see it as, as, as an audience. Mm. It's, it's just remarkable. Kylie, the, the story of Midnight Feast, it, it is an extraordinary story. What, what do you feel that we can as a society learn from, from your experience over these years? What can we learn from, from that? I think the main thing is that it's no longer acceptable to say, well, we don't have the money to upgrade that bathroom. We don't need to put a ramp because it's aesthetically not pleasing. We need to really take a good, hard look at ourselves. And I think if anything that's happened out of COVID, what is it like to be, to be unable to, to participate? Mm -hmm. So take that time where you were unable and think, that, think on the fact that you were born and you are not able and no one thinks that it's... No one thinks you're important enough to make the changes that are needed to enable you. And that comes down to very practical things like our playgrounds. Our playgrounds need to have swings that a wheelchair can move on every playground. Mm. Our primary schools need to be fully accessible. Our shopping centres, our restaurants. Mm. Uh, do we need to have Braille on each menu? Do we need to have signs on each restaurant that says modified food available? It's actually infrastructure. Yes. So yes. that's what we need to do as a society. Mm. The fact that one of my artists wanted to go to a cooking class. There was only one cooking school that he could go to and he doesn't like seafood. Yes, yes, limited by it's that. It's 2020. Yeah. yeah. And there's not enough money to make sure that every beach has an accessible ramp and bathroom so that everyone can go for a swim. These are the things that we need to be aware of. Mm. And again, I think is start to see who is missing Who's not here? Why aren't they here? You might not want them there, but at least own it or change it. Yeah. Kylie, what you are doing is, is life-changing. It truly is on so many levels. And I just can't thank you enough for the conversation today, for your generosity, for your authenticity, for your energy and what you're doing is, it, it is, it is truly remarkable. And I just wish you all the very, very best with the work of Midnight Feast. I can't wait for others to hear this story and to, to be part of the, the future of Midnight Feast. So thank you so much. And I can't wait to have another conversation with you in the future. It's my absolute pleasure. And any of my artists would be happy to join me oh. on your beautiful show. Thank oh, you for having no, me. Thank you, Kylie. 
thank you for joining our program today. If you would like to find out more about Midnight Feast, please contact info at midnightfeast.com.au. If you would like to enjoy some treasured stillness, please join me again next week for an embodied meditation entitled Listening to the Body, Mind and Spirit. Take care this week and I look forward to being with you next time.